Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Are you an investigative professional with an international problem you can't solve? Conflict International has the knowledge and relationships to jump in for you. We compensate investigators for referring cases to our office. Contact us today for details. Conflict International uses insight, intelligence, investigation, risk management, and strategic solutions to solve problems troubling individuals and companies of all kinds, anywhere around the world. Whether you're planning to hire a person to a position of trust, carry out due diligence on a company, trace hidden assets, or require skilled boots on the ground, Conflict International investigators can seamlessly pursue a case across borders, offering a truly global solution. Find out about our extensive range of services at conflictinternational.com. Conflict International, global reach, international knowledge. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Welcome to PI Perspectives. This week, Kelly Riddle returns to discuss one of his specialties, nursing home investigations. Kelly and Matt both have a good amount of experience doing this kind of work, and the guys really jump into the topic. So if you're interested in getting involved in this type of work, this is a great episode to check out. Please welcome Kelly Riddle and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, apparently, I have a co-host and didn't realize it, but Kelly Riddle's back with us again. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I, I had to wear your, the, the investigator's toolbox uh, polo, man. I'm sporting it, but yeah. you got yours on, so we look like twins, man. I know, and we didn't even realize we were doing it either. <laughs> this is like, you know <laughs> I'll wear it this week. <laughs> there you That's go. funny, man. I started to wear the PI perspective one, but I guess I should have gone that that way, you know? Uh, next time, man. We'll save it for next yeah. time. <laughs> so, All right. It's um, a cool shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for donning it, sir. Um, uh, so I, I can't seem to get rid of you uh, <laughs> because you just <laughs> you have too many things to talk about. Um, and one of the things that we've been talking about um, doing actually to, is is talking about nursing home litigation. Uh, it's something that not a lot of investigators do. And now I don't know how it is in Texas, but here in New York, um, we've got the COVID aspect to it where there are law firms that are aggressively um, signing up cases that involve with people that have died from COVID, um, yeah. suing the state, suing the facilities, uh, things like that. I have a ton of business doing that so i figured it'd be a good time to come on and chat about this stuff but what have you been up to how are you doing yeah 
Yeah. So, you know, just the age of, uh, you know, of the people around the world, man, the United States, you know, included, we're just getting older, you know, uh, generationally. And so this is one of those things that it's only going to get more involved with PIs, you know, and like you said, Matt, you know, COVID brought out a whole different angle on, on the nursing home abuse and neglect side of things. And we're seeing some of that as well, you know, and uh, it really, really, really is uh, at at its infancy. And I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah. I mean, there was a while in New York and, and still you talk to a bunch of attorneys and they're like, they, they don't see the, the liability there. They're like, I don't understand why these other law firms are going after, like, it's, it's like a class action suit. It's almost similar to the nine 11, um, Zadraga fund here in New York, where, uh, if you have a loved one who, um, perished from, from COVID that you potentially, you could have a claim against the facility claim against the state. Like there's a whole different way they can, they can take a look at it. Um, and it, it's very interesting that they're doing it. Listen, if someone's paying us to go sign these cases up, I don't know about liability. That's not, I'm not a lawyer. It's not my job. <laughs> but right, I'm signing right. cases up, right? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, the, and I've seen some, the opposite of that too. And I didn't really the opposite, but you know, some of the employees that uh, were working in the nursing homes and they caught COVID and uh, you know, they were told to come back uh, sooner than they should have. And mm-hmm. they weren't cleared. And uh, you know, they either had to come back or lose their job, you know, one or the other. So it was a, it was a tough time for employees as well. Yeah, I had a, a guy in my church who was a, was a nurse, and he ended up getting COVID like really bad. He had long COVID, and uh, it wasn't looking good for a while. But he he ended up pulling through, and uh, he left New York. <laughs> he moved to Florida. He's like, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the tough laws that y'all y'all really were locked down in in New York. You know, so I get it. But you know, it's everybody has seen it on on you know, new news, uh, outlets and stuff where, you know, the loved ones sitting outside the window, you know, trying to talk to their relatives and stuff. And it was just a tough time, you know, but regardless of that, you know, they still had a responsibility to take care uh, of the, of the residents, you know, so it is what it is. You know, they, they may face the repercussions of it now. Yeah. It was a messed up time, man. I actually had a relative pass away, an, an uncle who, um, you know, he had other medical issues, great uncle, um, but it was during COVID and, and he, he was at end of life and my, my aunt wow. couldn't share that with him because of COVID, not that he had COVID, but just everybody yeah. in the hospital was like, so afraid that, you know, being super extra careful and they weren't even letting loved ones in with folks that were about to expire. So it was, just, it was weird, man. Just a weird time. Yeah. That's tough, man. I'm sorry to hear that, you know, man. You know, I've got relatives that, that uh, you know, have special need uh, children. And so they had to have in-home uh, care, you know. And so nurses were actually kind of leaving some of the hospitals and going more into the private private nursing home, private uh, care, you know, situations and stuff. So, uh, but I've, I'm like you, man, I've got a, a, quite a few friends that are nurses and doctors and, and uh, man, they were heroes, you know, and it was just a tough time. Yeah. It's nice to see that we're pulling through it. And like, I was just at an event this past week, it was a St. Jude's uh, cancer awareness um, event. And there were 400, 500 people there, which was great to see people out again. And uh, it was, it's so interesting because that's the other thing too, um, with cancer and cancer screening, how people couldn't get the appointments to get cancer screened 
during COVID when it was like all on, um, facilities weren't doing any kind of screening and that departure, uh, from the standard of care because they weren't getting screened and now they're getting cancer where it would have been early detection. And now it's not early detection because they couldn't get those, um, screenings done. Like, or where's, is there liability there? Like that? What's, what's going yeah, on? It's gotta be, man. I mean, interesting that's just the domino effect, you know, yeah. it's domino effect and it's going to hit, you know? So it's, uh, man, I, I, I don't, I, as far as I know, I don't have any friends that had that happen, but that would be a real, real tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody that, you know, they, they go for their regular checkups and they, they weren't able to get that regular checkup for, for quite some time because of, of the illness and, now they have something and it's that question, right? If I was able to get in later or early on, would they have caught it? You know, and it's, um, it's a real thing, man. I think we're going to see more of it. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad that we're on the, t- hopefully on the tail end of COVID because sure. uh, I've, I've had enough of it. Man, I am so tired of talking to you about the tail end of COVID. I feel like every time we're on, <laughs> we're talking true. about it's over and then it's not. Yeah. <laughs> We've been chasing each other and, you know, seeing each other, all these conferences uh, yeah. since, you know, we started getting back out and, uh, that's the conversation we keep having, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about nursing home litigation. So we're going to move on from that subject. Um, so this was something that very early on in my, my investigator career, I just happened to do business with some lawyers that were involved in this kind of litigation. And I got taught by, um, by one of the attorneys really how to do it. And there, there are a couple different ways to look at it. So I, I come in on the, on the plaintiff side, which I'm sure is probably a lot, uh, where you come in also where it's an injured party, it's their family. So they've, they've got an abused loved one who, um, suffered a pressure sore or something similar misdiagnosis. Um, but pressure sores are, are the real number one thing. And just to educate people, what a pressure sore is, um, it, it's really just dead skin essentially when you have somebody who's got circulatory issues and they're not moved in their bed uh the the body starts to deteriorate and break down and what's crazy is that it's treatable right if you just treat it with saline solution and a little ointment it'll completely go away but if you don't treat it it will kill you um you get sepsis in your body and, and and things like that so um you know getting in and interviewing the patient uh, interviewing their families. Um, often in these cases, I was going to mortuaries and taking pictures of remains after the fact, uh, which is a whole nother show. Uh, yeah, and then, um, probably one of the, the, the things that you do a lot also, Kel, is, um, finding ex employees and interviewing them, um, which can yeah. be the real, real game changer because you're talking about actual notice, right? If there were complaints like, Hey, we need to use this Hoyer lift and we're not using the Hoyer lifter. There's not enough people here. I keep complaining and nobody does anything, right? Those are the the gold standards. So I've just talked for about five in the straight. So I'm going to let you jump in now and give your two cents. (laughs) No, man, you're right on. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, most of us that have done nursing home uh, abuse type cases. That's where we started was on the plaintiff side. And, and it was because of exactly what you just said. My very first case was, uh, you know, a, a sepsis case where, you know, all they had to do was rotate the person and, you know, keep them off of that one uh, portion of their body. And they yeah. don't. And, uh, you know, they're supposed to be rotated every two hours and, you know, they just are understaffed and because they're understaffed, that doesn't happen. And then, you know, decubitus uh, breaks into, 
you know, a, a whole gamut of other, other things. So it can be prevented. You're absolutely right. If aggressively, uh, you know, treated, but um, yeah, that's, that's the bad thing, you know, and, and, you know, I've seen everything from that to abuse to, you know, fine line between neglect and abuse. And then I've also seen where the families have been taken advantage of where they're getting like double tapped on billing where they build Medicaid and, and then they build the family too. I mean, so it runs the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's shameful. And, you know, so many times I meet these people and they're just like, I'm just looking for a good facility to send mom to or dad to, you know, and like, they don't know how to do research. They don't know how to make sure that they're putting them in the right place. And and I've seen those horror stories too, right? Sign the house over. You have no assets, but we have the house. Okay. We'll put a lien on the house and you can go and do this. Right. And next thing you know, it's, uh, not only did we kill your loved one, we're taking their home too. Right. I know, man. <laughs> It's a sad deal, man. Yeah. You know, but you, like you hit the nail on the head because you, you know, as a family member, like my great, uh, my great grandmother was in in a nursing home, and so was my grandfather. And so, you know, if I knew what I as a as a teenager what I know now, you know, I would have been a lot more aggressive myself and in, in you know looking after them. But uh, you know, the, the the bottom line with that, man, is uh, you know, like I, you got to check them all hours of the of the day. You know, like I went and checked out a nursing home facility, and it was like. Uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or midnight or something. And like that, a big tailgate party going on and all the employees were out there, you know, barbecuing and drinking beer and stuff. And it's like, man, who is watching, you know, the people, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you, you see weird stuff like that and domestic calls, you know, I mean, you got to pull the, you know, the police calls at that facility because I mean, we had all kinds of, some guy was chasing his, uh, you know, soon to be ex-wife up and down the hallways with a gun, you know? Yeah. I mean, and you see everything, right? You see the negligence of the staff in failure to treat. You see someone who maybe has fallen out of the, out of bed because they're susceptible to falls, but nobody put it in their chart and now they're, they're falling out and then they're just sitting there for hours before they're taken to the hospital. I've seen that. Um, you get the sexual assaults, which yeah. is bizarre to me, but it happens. Right. Um, it it, you know, it, it's just such a, a a hotbed of different type of, of work and people don't think investigators are, are needed for this. And it really is a specialty. You really need to learn what to look for the right. lingo and, um, you know, really hone in on how you can get the best results of that type of work. Right. Yeah. My, you know, my mother was a surgical nurse. So I grew up around medical terminology and, you know, when I was in police work, I was also an EMT. So, you know, I kind of had a lot of the lingo, uh, you know, as well. But, you know, there's really uh, the preventable stuff. And then there's the stuff where they're just aggressive and they're just mean. And, you know, uh, I've seen every, everything from, you know, throwing a, uh, an elbow and hitting them in the, in the face. To, you know, they'll, they'll cut the cord, you know, the call light button so that it's, it's, plugged, it's plugged into the wall so it won't bother the nurse's station. Right. but there's nothing attached to it, you know, so they can push that button all day long. So eventually they get out, try to get out of the bed and, you know, they fall and break a hip or whatever, you know? So it's just that kind of stuff that just doesn't need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so some of the other things, you know, you've got the sign up, you've got the initial intake, you've got the photography, right? So I, I want to talk about that real quickly, right? So if you are ever tasked with, you know, capturing the images of, yeah. um, these bed sores. I want to give you some pointers here. Um, never undress a wound on your own. You know, if you're, if you're there in the room and they're like, ah, just take it off and put it right back on. It's no problem. 
don't do that, right? Always get the charge nurse involved, get administration. You have the right to be there. The The family has the right to have the yep. images taken. And it's better to set it up and do it the right way where there's going to be a nurse right behind you that is undressing the wound and redressing the, the wound. And why that's important is, you know, you're opening a cavity in this person's body that could potentially get more infected. Right. So you don't want to contribute to the pain and agony of this person. You want right. to get it done the, the right way. So don't be super sneaky <laughs> at that particular point. Right, exactly. You have no problem introducing yourself and working it out with the charge nurse. Even I like to do it before I even go in, like I'll call and say, Hey, I'm coming to see this person. Make sure you have somebody there on staff to get this done because it's going to happen. Yeah. We need yeah. to, to happen and being a little forceful with it. Right. Because they may try and, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know, you know, this and that. No, this person has the right um, to do it. One of the other things you got to be really careful of, too, when you're interviewing an injured party is what is their mental status, right? Um, right. If you're required to notarize documents, will you be called to the carpet on that one day where you have to you know, say, like, okay, this person was of sound mind, you know, right. and, and how are you ensuring that? One of the things I like to do is that, you know, ask people, well, do you know what day it is? If I have a family member with them, who is this person? <laughs> like, who are they to you? Like, yeah, yeah. do they, how often do they visit? You know, just checking their cognitive ability, you know, it, it it's helpful, right? It, it's important to, uh, to do things like that. And, and being able to, to interview and capture as much information as possible from the injured party, the family members, and essentially putting a good story together on that. These, these are real important things to, to realize if you're interested in getting into this kind of work, right? Yeah, that's, those are good pointers. You know, I mean, I've only had three or four cases where the person was still alive where I had the ability to do that. Most of the time it was after the fact. And, you know, uh, we were, you know, doing the investigation, you know, uh, you know, after the person's already deceased or whatever. So, you know, there's a, it's similar, but it's different because then you got to make sure that you get a photograph of the person so that when you go out and talk to them, you know, former employees and stuff, you can actually show them a picture because they're going to go, well, I think I know them, but yeah. you know, so you take a photograph with, with you when you go do that, you know, yeah. um, it, it, the, the, the other real issue with nursing home too, is just, you know, the sheer volume because they never have enough employees yeah. to work there. And so, you know, think about, you know, an elderly person, you know, the diet, the dietitians make sure that, you know, they don't get a lot of spicy food. So it's pretty bland to begin with, you know? And so if you ever have ever seen just like in a hospital where they've got the, the, the tray, the cart that has all the trays and they open, you know, the doors on it and they carry a couple of trays into the room and, you know, they, while they're in there, they go, Oh, would you mind getting me some water? Or would you mind straightening my pillow or whatever? And five minutes later, they come back out and, you know, so all the food gets cold. So by the time it gets to the end of the hallway, you know, nobody wants to eat cold food, you know, sure. so you have those kind of uh, uh, issues as well. But, you know, you were talking about photography in the state of Texas. They passed a law, I guess, about four or five years ago that nobody knows about. But the law basically says you cannot uh, uh, put any type of camera device or take photography inside a nursing home facility without first notifying and getting permission from the administration right so it's like who in the world you know as a family member you know number one if it was my family member you know i'd have to throw a coin you know flip a coin it's like man i, I don't yeah. know i might have to put it you know but yeah. uh, uh that's a tough one you know yeah i'm sure there's reasons 
litigious reasons why that was done. Um, Absolutely. You know, the other thing I want to mention about photography before we take a, a quick break um, is uh, if you are framing a photo, right? So let's say the person has a, a pressure sore on the coccyx, which is the tail end, right? Right by, the, right by your butt, yeah. right? Um, taking those pictures in a way that you're going to be able to contextually see what it is and understand where it is, but protecting the dignity of the individual that you're doing it Absolutely. as well. That's really, really important. Understanding that, that those photos that you take, they're going to be evidence in a courtroom one day. Right. And, you know, you want to really be careful to, to cover up any areas that, that, you know, a modest person may be embarrassed looking at. Right. So um, where, where it could be, where it could be, be affecting right so just being aware of that as well you know con contextually you want to be able to show like hey this is the area of where it is but you want to be careful with it too sometimes you, you just you have no choice it is what it is but yeah. trying to do it in a in a tasteful kind of way um that's a good point you know and yeah you know some facilities still have they have roommates you know so you got to make sure that you know you're not taking pictures of someone right. that you don't have permission to take Violating photographs of you know? rights yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so all right we're going to jump out real quick uh i'm take a, a break but when we come back in we're going to hammer down more on this because i feel like there's so much more to this type of litigation that, that we can um talk about so everybody sit tight and we'll be right back you guys have been hearing uh, for a long time about how much I love Crosstrax, but now you're going to hear from somebody else. So we got George Gerges here. George is a member and user of Crosstrax. George, tell me real quickly what you love about Crosstrax. The simplicity of using it and the ability to customize everything that you could do with Crosstrax is awesome. It actually allowed me to take the way that I do my business and implement it into their system. And not only am I able to manage 10 or 15 cases, I'm able to manage 50 to 100 cases with the same effort. Fantastic. So Crosstrax, um, the case management system, they are SOC 2 certified. Basically, that's an encryption, really an upgrade. They're the only ones out there that are doing it. So please support this great sponsor that supports our show. Uh, check them out. The links are in the show notes. Crosstrax, if you're an investigator, you should be using them today. Looking for an insurance agent that puts you first? Every PI business is different. That's why OREP Insurance can shop multiple markets to ensure you get the best coverage to meet your unique business needs. OREP's model is business by the golden rule, and for over 20 years, they've built their business by putting their clients first. So come enjoy a fast online application and same-day certificates of insurance at OREP.org. OREP has coverage for armed investigators, executive protection, and even has a separate policy for security firms. The application takes less than five minutes, so visit OREP.org today. OREP.org. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a big-time sponsor of this program for quite some time, and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information. 
I think it's one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out, and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So. Check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, You need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. Scopenow.com. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or via hard copy. Visit pimagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare uh, here with your co-host Kelly Riddle. <laughs> so Kelly, welcome back to the program, the Kelmore Global, uh, the uh, PI Institute of Education, um, where there are uh, teaching tracks on there on nursing home litigation. Right, Kelly's one of the premier trainers in our industry, and if you're interested in the stuff we're talking about today. Uh, please go to um, the PI Institute of Education and consider um, taking that track, right? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, my original book was Nursing Home Abuse Investigations, and I uh, edited it and came back out with Caregiver Investigations because it's a little bit broader topic. Uh, yeah, that's no, smart. That's smart. I was, uh, who was, I was talking to Nancy Rollman a couple episodes ago. She's an author. And I was like talking about all my friends that write books. I was like, yeah, Kelly Riddle, you know, he's got like 14, 15 books. I don't, I don't know how he has the time to do it. So yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the many books. Yeah. Well, you're doing podcasts. I'm doing books, you know? Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> I don't get uh carpal tunnel. I'm okay. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, brother. There you go. Um, so uh, be, before we, we jumped out and took a break, um, you know, we were com- uh, covering some of the initial investigative work that goes into um, nursing homes. And, um, you know, one of the things that's really important is being able to show that actual notice, right? That, that a facility was aware of an ongoing problem and they chose to do nothing about it or they didn't have the funding to do anything about it, right? So you were talking earlier about understaffed and um, or maybe the negligence of staff, you know, out drinking beers and barbecue and, and, and right. things like that. Um, people see things and people know things, right? And ex-employees are free game. Yeah, you, if you can find them and interview them, I mean, that, that's like a game changer um, witness for your particular claim. So, Kelly, tell me a little bit about your experience with this. 
Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, because most uh, employees that still work there are not going to talk to you just because they're afraid of retaliation and stuff. But the interesting thing that I have found over the years when doing these kind of investigations is the fact that a lot of the, the uh, you know, CNA, certified nurses assistants and the employees will go to another nursing home close by. Yeah. And so what I have done is I said, all right, you know, I just get it. I just do a quick Google and say, all right, what nursing homes are, are nearby? And, uh, and I just start calling them and, uh, you know, you'd be surprised how many of them you find that they've just jumped shipped and went to another facility and they're still working there, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Good way to, good way to track them down. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, working off licensing like here in New York, that's, that's another way we do it. Um, some, if not most, I would say have LinkedIn accounts, you know, if they're professional, uh, I'm not talking about, you know, the regular, you know, late night shift nurses may not have it. Um, you know, and one of the things with turnover there too, because the, the pay scale is not great too. You, you, you do get a lot of jumping, you know, where people go yeah. to different locations, um, with different opportunities and funding obviously is different too, or, or you get nursing homes that go out of business because <laughs> it gets sued too many times. That's happened. That's a few right. Times. That's right. Or they just simply change names, you know, that's right. a, like semi go out of business, but change name is essentially the same company, you know, but right. You know, I'm sure you found also, uh, Matt, in investigations is, you know, the charts are, they're, they're like gold, man, because, you know, I, I take in, and I do my spreadsheets and I say, all right, you know, these are the people that according to the nursing home facility was working on this shift on this particular day. And then you start looking at the charts and you're going, no, that person wasn't working there. And they're actually forging people's signatures and everything else, you know, because as you know, you know, what happens as soon as they get a lawsuit, you know, the director of nurses and, you know, the, uh, RN or whatever, they get in a room and they go, all right, we need to look at these charts and get them right. Yeah. And so they start just filling in stuff. And, and if you pay attention to it, you start catching that, you know, and you figure out that, Hey man, you know, their weight, uh, you know, was according to the chart was 165 pounds. But when they were taken to the, uh, hospital right before they passed away, they were, you know, 98 pounds, right. so huge discrepancies. Yeah. Something does match there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the best diet in the world or <laughs> something's going on. Right. Um, and, and you see that stuff, I, you know, when I got started in this business, I used to go around with a videographer, a guy who did photography and video stuff here. I, I would do, um, side work, his overflow work and, and things like that. And I went with him to a hospital one day, uh, for a seminar. It was a seminar for doctors and nurses given by a defense firm. And the topic of that discussion. It was like a two or three hour topic. He, they were teaching them how to write their notes on charts in a way that was not legible, that only they could understand. It. Right. <laughs> it was like, that is so sneaky and just dishonest, you know, wow. they were actually teaching this. They were at a, like a, a city run hospital saying, don't write English on this thing, write in this code here. And this is what this is going to mean, you know, for this stuff. And it's just like, really, really bizarre, but you said crazy, man. I haven't heard that one, but you know what, when I interview, uh, uh, former employees, I always ask them, I say, did you keep a little notebook, you know, in your pocket or whatever? And most of them do. Cause you know, they, they got to write down stuff and then they got to give it to the, you know, the uh, REN to actually put on the charts. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll ask them and say, man, can I, can I look at those and, uh, you know, can I copy them or whatever? And, uh, because a lot of times what they have in their notebook is not what is on the chart either, you know? So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Your pages disappear all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or, exactly. or they look completely different. 
I mean, I've, I've seen it all. I really have. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy for sure. Yeah, I've seen where, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the residents of a nursing home are actually doing laundry in, I mean, for the entire facility, you know, and, uh, they're going, oh, you know, we, we pay them a couple of dollars, you know, uh, here and there and stuff. And it's like, really they're here and they got to go do their own laundry. And so yeah. and I've seen them where they, you know, just essentially are allowed to come and go however they want to. Um, and we had one lady that was, you know, hit on a, a four lane, it was actually a six lane, it's three lanes each way with a me- uh, concrete median in between. And she was, you know, going across that and she'd done it a number of times to get to a convenience store uh, where she had an account set up. And this particular day, she happened to get, you know, nailed by a car and stuff. And so, you know, the nursing home facility is like, well, you know, they're, they're adults, we can't stop them. Well, it's like, you know, you kind of can because it's the reason they're in here. You know, they got dementia and all this other stuff. So it's like, really, you're going to play that card? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes it's as silly as like smoking, right? I, I had a case I worked on many, many years ago where, um, you know, there was a policy. Obviously, it's a nursing home facility. Like you're not supposed to be smoking there, but they let some of the residents smoke in, in the, the kitchen area or the dining room or whatever. And this poor guy, he had, uh, it was right after Christmas, he had gotten a, a cashmere sweater from a relative for Christmas and he was a smoker and he had an epileptic attack while he was smoking a cigarette and the cigarette fell onto the cashmere sweater and instantly a ball of, of fire. And yeah, I ended up going to take pictures of the remains of this poor guy who got burned to death with his cashmere sweater on it. And, and it just because somebody was trying to be nice to them. Hey, you know, this is the, the generation that, that the marble man, everybody smokes. Yeah. Just smoke up, Johnny. Here you go. No problem. Yeah. Right. And wow. Uh, that was it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy. Um, that's horrendous, man. You know, it, it, a lot of the problems come from older facilities too, you know, cause they're not building that many new ones. And so, uh, you have more demand than you have facilities. And so, you know, they're taking a lot of them and they're taking what was supposed to be a single room and splitting it into two, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, as you know, the, one of the problems is cleanliness because, you know, bed sores going back to that, yeah. it's a lot of it's about keeping them clean. And so, you know, this, this side of the hallway, you know, may get uh, showers on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and the other side of the hallway gets them on the opposite days, you know, but, you know, if this person is not feeling well or has a doctor's appointment or whatever the case, they don't get one today and they may not get one the next time. It could be a week before yeah. they're getting, you know, bathed. And that's really a problem when, when you have uh, bed sores and stuff. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely an issue. And, it, and it, it's, it's so crazy to see how it starts as just like a little tiny little dot. Yeah. And then what it can grow into um, man, I've seen some, some ones, the size of grapefruits where you could, you know, stick your fist in or whatever. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. I, I remember there was another one we had talked earlier about, you know, a competency and, and things like that. And it was, I was in Brooklyn and I, I was going to, um, get a, uh, a will executed for this person. She was 103 years old. Right. Wow. So I had to take, uh, I, all my employees were, were tied up. My uncle happened to live around there in the neighborhood. I was like, Hey, come with me in the hospital. I need a witness yeah. for somebody, you know, somebody to witness this. Right. So we go there and the administration is, is giving us a hard time. They're like, this woman's not competent. And man, I had a conversation with this lady and I want to tell you, she was as sharp 
as sharp could be. My uncle at the time was, I think it was 65 or something. And he's like, this woman's more competent than I am. <laughs> she really knows <laughs> what's going cool. on. Yeah. yeah and it, we, we sit there, we, we were going back and forth and I had to get the attorney on the phone. And, you know, at the end of the day, they wouldn't let us have her sign. You know, it was just, it was such a big deal, but I'm telling you the way she knew what day it was, she knew how many times her nephew visited her. She, she was recalling events all throughout her life. I mean, like every single guideline that she would say, okay, is this person competent? Like she nailed all of them. And oh, unfortunately man. the next time I saw her was in the funeral home <laughs> oh, months later. Yeah. But yeah. she was 103. I mean, it's like, you know, that's wild, man. Well, hey. <laughs> That's why, like, um, you know, going back to, uh, you know, former employees and stuff, you know, you got to be careful depending on what state you're operating in. But like in Texas, we're a one party state. So mm -hmm. I always carried a, a soft sided briefcase and, uh, you know, backpack or whatever. And I'd have a tape recorder going, you know, digital tape recorder sure. uh, as soon as I went in the house, man. So I was recording the conversation. And, uh, and part of the reason, you know, I did that is because, you know, they can't recant what they already have said. But also, you know, that helps me draft an affidavit. And sure. so sure. I also learned to carry a portable printer with me, you know, so because I call the attorney up and, and uh, they go, man, that's a great statement. See if you can get her to sign, you know, an affidavit or whatever. <clears throat> so I just go out in the car, man, and you know, type it up, print it and go back in and say, hey, man, uh, you know, you've already done the right thing by coming forward. How about just, you know, signing this? And so you just, you know, you get it all in one fell swoop, you know, instead of having to track them down again a year yeah. later. Yeah. And now with the uh, advent of, of cool technology, you can do DocuSign now too. You know, you, right, like, hey, I'll just let me run up and put, put on my computer real quick. I'll email it to you, look at it, yep. execute it. And um, yeah, they passed the law recently in New York where you can do out of state. Um, yeah, there's a whole process to it now. They're making us register, but they haven't quite gotten it set up yet. So it's still convenient. It's going to become inconvenient in a, wow. in, by next year, but now it's still convenient. Um, so we have the option to do this. Well, New York is a one party state also. Um, the one thing I would say also with the one party state and um, uh, interviewing people on this and having other folks in the room, other patients, you know, there, there is an expectation of privacy, but it is limited to, you know, the, like that recording it is like you and the other person. If you've got a third person that's chiming in yeah, on point. it, that kind of throws everything out the window there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. be careful on, on that stuff and, you know, just be aware that uh, you don't want to get yourself in any trouble or, or have the killer recording or statement that's inadmissible because, you know, something happened along the way. Absolutely, man. Always have a, a backup. <laughs> Yeah, you know, what I've done in, in the past, too, is, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with just, you know, stopping by the store and, you know, buying 12 roses and just, you know, going down a hallway and just brightening up people's, eye, you know, sure. life and saying, hey, I just wanted to say hello, here's a rose, you know, yeah. and uh, eventually you get to the person where you really need to talk to. And uh, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of ways to, you know, to, to do good in the midst of doing your job, you sure. know, so, sure. uh, you know, I always look for something a little different than just makes uh you know it, it's a tough it's a tough environment and it's a tough investigation you know yeah. so if you can brighten it up a little bit uh as i'm all for it oh definitely you got to be creative and doing this stuff um you know you you touched on a um a situation earlier too that i want to uh, double back on and that's the the at home aid too because there's plenty of those cases too um yeah, where somebody's c coming in and caring for a loved one at their home 
right? And they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be living in and, and essentially caring for them. And a lot of times they're just on their phone or doing whatever and not really paying attention. Yeah. And these are the folks that are making minimum wage and they really, I've seen people that really care about doing that work. And I've seen people that really don't care That's and right, are very yeah. negligent on things. So, um, yeah, that's another. Yeah, we had a couple of cases. Where, uh, we had a couple of cases where they kind of just took over the person's life, you know, and they were writing checks, you know, for them initially, and they would sign them, and then, you know, before you know it, they were signing checks to the person and didn't really know why they were doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's scary how how folks get taken advantage of, and you know the the elder folks get the the phone calls like, oh, your son's uh, being held hostage. You write us a check yeah. for twenty five hundred dollars, or else. I yeah. I, somebody called me on one of those the other day and they're like, do we have any like recourse on this? And I was like, not really. Like, like, it, like these, these guys were such good criminals that they, um, they hired an Uber driver to pick up the check and bring wow. it to a third location and drop it off. So it's like people do that here in New York, they'll hire Uber or Lyft or whatever for deliveries. So, they track down the, the, the Uber driver and they're like, Hey, you're a party to this, you know, this theft that just took place. And the guy's like, yo, I'm just a courier. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Crazy. That's tough, man. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, I got, got several of those going on, uh, you know, for, uh, delivery companies where they're, the runners are actually setting up, you know, accounts and taking advantage of, uh, you know, their own employer essentially, you know, but right. yeah. So, you know, the caregiver thing, one of the reasons I, I, came back out with the book and it broadened that topic is because, you know, you have like adult daycare as well, where they just take them for the day. Right. You know? And, uh, so we had one person that, uh, you know, the nurse was at home, they put them on, uh, one of the, the buses that are, you know, for disabled people and they got them to the adult daycare. And when they got them back home, you know, she would, the, the nurse said, man, I could hear them hear her moaning before she ever even bus ever stopped. Yeah. And when she did a quick check, she figured out that her femur, the bone had busted through Ugh. and, uh, you know, I mean, she was literally bleeding. And so she had a, she had had a femur problem before and had been healed. The doctors had, you know, still said, do not let her stand up on her own. And so I eventually found a witness that basically said, yeah, I heard it. And, uh, I saw the, tell me who the employee was and they were trying to get her out of a, uh, wheelchair onto a sofa so she could sit there and watch TV yeah. and you know n nobody bothered to do anything after the fact you know I mean she sat there the rest of the day until she got home you know I mean it's just horrendous what a nightmare um so what would you suggest to the investigator who is feels a passion to get involved in this type of litigation or, or, or investigations just just um you know how would they get started in in um you know, or possibly offering the service or, you know, getting into this type of work? Yeah. So that's a good, good question. You know, I would go uh, do some research on those plaintiff attorneys <clears throat> that offer that, <clears throat> excuse me, that offer that service mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, start marketing to them. Um, and, you know, find like uh, locally here, we have several um, uh, community uh, sponsored events for elderly and they, they have it twice a month. And so, you know, I'd probably go set up a, a booth there and, uh, you know, 
start marketing to the families and stuff, you know, cause it's definitely, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your foot in the door and that's the two most lucrative places, you know, cause I've gone to the other side, I've gone to the state to States and to the nursing home facilities and said, look, I will for free come in and tell you exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I've not had anybody take me up on it. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Here, uh, you know, well, I'm from a consultant side, right? Let me go yeah. and examine your policies and procedures and tell you, you know, what you're doing wrong and all that. Yeah. And, and they don't employees <laughs> they in the seminar. Yeah. That's so crazy. crazy. <laughs> that's so, you know, that's the first thing, but then, you know, yeah. secondary, you know, you got to know how to do the investigation and, uh, you know, like we just talking about, man, you gotta be, you gotta be a, a people person. You gotta be able to just sit down and talk to people and get them to open up and you gotta do your homework, man. Have they, do they have lawsuits? Is the facility still operating under the same management and name that it was operating at the time that your, uh, you know, particular client was there, um, you know, and then get the, the uh, health certificates and the, the, you know, all the inspections and, yeah. and, you know, see what kind of grades they have, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, one of the things to remember too, is this type of litigation takes a really long time. Um, you know, collecting medical records, having an, an expert take a look at the records and give an opinion on it. I mean, it's years and years and years that this stuff yeah. takes place. And, and, you know, if the person's still alive and then they die, it takes even longer because then you got to probate the estate and get somebody um, to be made responsible for the estate. I know in Texas, I believe they have a, a, a cap for, for these cases, right? The monetary yeah. settlement. Um, they do. And that's kind of what slowed down, uh, you know, that in the state of Texas, because they do have a punitive cap now. Yeah. Uh, and I actually have several of my clients that moved out of state. Some of the attorneys moved out of state to, you know, more lucrative, you know, grounds or whatever. Yeah. And we've done some work for them in, in, uh, you know, like Alabama and, uh, uh, I think Washington state, I can't remember where all they moved to, but they, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they're going to go where the money is because they spend millions of dollars working up these cases because of what you just said, you know, the experts and, and everything else. And uh, so, you know, as a PI, you know, we usually would make anywhere between 20,000 all the way up to a hundred thousand, you know, just doing the investigation and stuff. But, you know, you're such an important component of that because if you find uh, those, those former employees that say, yeah, I know exactly what happened and yeah, I know exactly, you know, I can lay it all out for you. That's golden, man. And yeah. so, uh, you know, the attorneys are going to, you know, they're going to gonna love you for it. Oh, actual notice is a game changer. You know, when, when you get actual notice, you're done. Summary judgment, let's talk damages yeah. and, and keep it moving. And that that's where you, you get your weight there. Um, and uh, like in New York, we don't have the, a, a cap there on it. Um, so, you know, the attorneys are willing to spend because they know they're going to get a good amount of money yeah. back on this stuff. But it does take a long, long time to, uh, to do it. So... Um, yeah, yeah I, I would say, um, you know, in, go visit the PI Institute of Education, the links in the, in the show notes, you know, you guys are sponsors, um, for many of the, the programs, um, you know, their, their tracks like the nursing home track in there and, and other uh, teachings in there as well. Um, Kelly's a huge resource, um, definitely like look into his books and, uh, you know, get some of his teachings. If you go to conferences and seminars, if this dude's speaking, you're going to want to hear it. Uh, I've sat in on a bunch and, uh, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on here. We're going to, we're going to wind down. Um, this is definitely a topic that, that I wanted to talk about for a while because, you know, I feel like 
there aren't many investigators that do this and and i'm i'm one of them that, that actually has experience and you're one of them I, I feel like we could chat about this stuff right you know kind of know what yeah, we're talking man. About. i'm glad that you got that you've got that background in it you know because yeah. you're right there's not a lot and uh there's only one other pi that uh that has a book on the subject that i'm aware of doug cruz and he's you know he retired years ago and stuff and so it's a it's a hot topic man and uh so it's one of those little niches that i fell into and that you obviously fell into so i appreciate you uh asking me man to come on and talk about this because this it is important and and i think we need to keep our eyes open because we're going to see a lot more of it and you brought up the whole covid thing related to nursing homes so there's so many different niches within a niche yeah oh yeah no it's definitely kicking up there's uh this is a a, a vertical that's very much alive, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's one. I appreciate you as always, Matt. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're a good friend as well as a great PI. So I appreciate it every time we get to spend time together. Sure. Sure. Even if it's virtual and we, we look like twins, yeah. it's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to wind in here. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, Kelly, always a pleasure having you on, man. And Thanks, uh, we'll, we'll catch everybody next week on the next show. Take care. Thanks to Kelly for this great discussion with Matt. Please make sure to check out his teachings on PI Institute of Education and in the Investigator's Toolbox. We'd also like to thank Crosstracks, Conflict International, PI Institute of Education, and OREP for sponsoring the show. So please support our great supporters. And speaking of Investigator's Toolbox, it's time to get on board. Join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals now and use code PIP201836 to save 10% when you do. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com and you can find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you more shows like this. And we'll be back next week with a brand new show, so make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.